You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. You know, bars of anxiety. I, I want to, but I, I, just, I just can't. Bars of feelings of inadequacy. Well, if I, I just don't know enough. I don't know what would I say. I, I, don't, I just don't feel worthy enough. There's also bars of intimidation, bars of persecution. Satan tries to keep us and silence us behind those bars. Satan may think that he has you sequestered and silenced, but God wants to break you out, just like he did Peter. Does Satan have you behind bars? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dion, he teaches you about those who have been persecuted for the faith. Satan will always do whatever he can to attack and silence those that are citizens of heaven. He doesn't want the gospel message going throughout the world. So Pastor Dion explains that the enemy is going to do all he can to put you behind bars, whether that be actual bars or bars of anxiety or insecurity. Keep shining your light for Jesus and his gospel. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Acts chapter 12 as he begins his message, Unstoppable. Now guys, after Jesus' resurrection and great commission, you know, when Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. After Jesus' resurrection and that he stood as a resurrected Savior and gave that commission to his disciples, after that, Peter refused. One of the disciples, one of the apostles, refused to go beyond Jerusalem. I mean, he was told, go into all the world. But he refused to go beyond Jerusalem. In fact, Peter and the apostles hunkered down in Jerusalem for seven years, sharing the good news about Jesus with Jerusalem Jews only. Everybody say it, only. And look at your neighbor and say, andale. Or if you're bilingually challenged, just say, come on, man, what's up with these guys? Finally, Peter stepped out of his comfort zone and left Jerusalem. And God showed his approval with miracles. Everybody say the word with what? With miracles. God used Peter to take a physically dead woman or to raise a physically dead woman back to life. Her name was Tabitha. The minute that Peter decided to leave Jerusalem, and there were many things that were happening there, but the minute that he decided to leave Jerusalem, God endorsed it. God smiled on it by using Peter in this fabulous miracle to raise a woman from the dead. But that's not all that was raised from the dead as Peter stepped out of Jerusalem. God used Peter to raise spiritually dead people to life. As well, they were called Gentiles. Everybody said out loud, what? Gentiles, non-Jews. So not only did God use Peter to raise a physically dead woman, but he also used Peter to raise a physically dead people called Gentiles. As, as Gomer Pyle used to say, surprise, 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 right? I mean, it's, it's awesome. So 
See, the Jews, to the Jews, Gentiles, uh, non-Jews, were considered dogs. They were depraved. They were a basket of deplorables. They were destined for hell. But God opened a door for Peter to share the gospel in a place called Caesarea with the Roman centurion and his friends and family. You know, to share the gospel in a Gentile city to a Gentile people. And, and so as he's there, Peter spoke to them about the salvation that was in Jesus. And as he was speaking, the Holy Spirit descended on the Gentiles just as he had on the Jewish apostles in Jerusalem. And this proved that God was including Gentiles or non-Jews in his plan of salvation. The outpouring was actually a sign of God's endorsement. You guys get it? God was saying, hey, listen, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. Look at your neighbor and say, it's so exciting. Well, it was to them. Now, the event ignited a revival, an awakening amongst the the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And so now, at this point, both Jews and Gentiles were proclaiming Jesus as king all over Israel. Isn't that awesome? It was in Jerusalem only that there were uh, many who were proclaiming Christ as king, but they were only Jews. But now, all over Israel, both Jews and Gentiles are proclaiming Jesus as king. It's exciting. Well, in light of that, the Jewish king Agrippa was outraged. Everybody go, ugh. The Jewish king Agrippa was outraged. He was jealous. See, he thought, he was saying, I am the Jewish king. Moi, me, myself, and I. And so Satan infused Agrippa's heart with hate and a bloodlust for the apostles. Agrippa announced, heads are going to roll. And then Agrippa captured the apostle James and had him beheaded. Heads started to roll. And Peter was next. Look at your neighbor and say, "Uh uh-oh. Agrippa caught Peter and imprisoned him in supermax style. Peter was chained between two guards behind bars. Fourteen other soldiers were standing guard outside of the, 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 the cell. There were two checkpoints, and all of that was behind a gate that only opened from the outside. He was kept pretty tight. King Agrippa, you know, said, set set Peter's execution date and was sure that he would, you know, pretty much silence the gospel in the church. Agrippa was pretty down. Decided that that's what was going to happen. Listen, guys. One of Satan's strategies is to do this. Everybody say it out loud. Silence Christians. To keep our Christian testimony and message behind bars. That's one of Satan's strategies. Maybe not prison bars, but bars of fear. You know, bars of anxiety. I, I want to, but I, I, just, I just can't. 
bars of feelings of inadequacy. Where you feel, I just don't know enough. I don't know what would I say. I, I, don't, I just don't feel worthy enough. There's also bars of intimidation, bars of persecution. Satan tries to keep us and silence us behind those bars. Satan may think that he has you sequestered and silenced, but God wants to break you out just like he did Peter. Because while Peter was in prison, on the night before Peter's execution, God sent an angel to deliver Peter out of prison. Out of that, I mean, box, tightly wound box he was in. In fact, here's the statement. Everybody say it. Nothing is impossible with God. How many of you believe that? Nothing. Herod Agrippa, King Agrippa, determined he was going to silence the Christians. He was going to shut them up for good. He beheaded James, put Peter in prison, figured he had, these guys were the leaders. There was old John only left. He was next on the list. He figured he was going to silence the church. Peter's waiting for his execution, tightly kept. <laughs> But nothing is impossible with God. On the night of Peter's execution, God sent an angel to deliver Peter out of prison. Listen, God can supply our needs, deliver us from temptation, heal our diseases, calm our storms, move our mountains, and He can break our chains. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Peter was released. Well, when the news of Peter's you know, escape reached King Agrippa on the following morning, King Agrippa was furious. He was livid. In fact, he had the guards that were on duty that night killed. He ordered his minions to hunt Peter down and bring him back. But he himself ended up it was called away to Caesarea. In fact, let's read it. It's in chapter 12. We're going to read those last few verses. Verse 19. But when Herod had searched for Peter and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. But they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a god and not of a man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him, because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. Let's read this last line out loud. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Let's read that last line again. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Now, let's understand. Peter's been released, but Herod Agrippa is hunting for him. He is wants, wanting to silence Christians. He, he has to leave the hunt, the manhunt, in order to deal with a situation that's going on in Caesarea. 
See, Israel was supplying two cities in southern Lebanon at Israel's borders, uh, two cities called Tyre and Sidon. Israel was supplying them with produce. You know, these two cities are closer to Galilee than their own country's resources, so they were actually getting assistance. They were trading and bargaining with Israel for food. Well, apparently these two Lebanese cities had done something to strain the relationship with King Agrippa, causing an embargo, a ban on the trade. You know, King Agrippa shut the doors. No more. He was stopping the the trade. The two cities, Tyre and Sidon, thought that if they flattered King Agrippa, he would reconsider. He would open the gates again. They decided that they would honor and celebrate King Agrippa on the Romans' platform, on Caesar's platform there in Israel. That's the 4,000-seat theater in Caesarea. In fact, I've stood there and I've taught in that very theater. Now, King Agrippa, you know, as, as all these 4,000 people tire inside him and they're praising him and, you know, they're celebrating him so that maybe, you know, they're just, you know, blowing smoke. So maybe he'll change the trade agreement. He'll open the doors. Well, King Agrippa walked out on stage there like it was the Emmys. You know what I'm saying? He was in a robe made of silver. It shimmered in the midday sun. In fact, 50 Cent's Bling and Katy Perry's Grill and Kate Blanchett's $200,000 nightgown would look dull next to King Agrippa's thing. You know what I'm saying? Next to him. I mean, hell, that would look boring. Everybody say it out loud. What? Boring. What's that? Well, after King Agrippa sat down in his throne in that Colosseum, he addressed the crowd. And after he addressed the crowd, the people shouted his praises. Then all of a sudden, Agrippa doubled over in abdominal pain. And in front of 4,000 plus people, God showed King Agrippa that he was no match for the king of the universe. You see, Agrippa had sent his biggest, baddest soldiers after Peter. And God sent his smallest, quietest soldiers after Agrippa. Who are they? (laughs) Wow. God's enemies are no match for him. Pharaoh of Egypt learned that. Him and his soldiers were buried beneath the Red Sea. Goliath learned that God's enemies are no match for him. Goliath was dropped like a bad habit. Nebuchadnezzar learned it. I mean, he he was set out to pasture, literally. He ended up, you know, God gave him, kind of cursed him. He became a wild man for seven years. Thought Thought he was a goat. Belshazzar learned that God's enemies are no match for him. Belshazzar was, stu- you know, was using all of the, the implements and the, and, and the cups and the goblets and the platters from the temple on a, on a horrible, immoral party. And a finger like a cloud came out of the sky and wrote in the wall, many, many tekel yafarsis, which means 
You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting, Belshazzar. Today, you will be chained and taken out of the way. Wow. Everybody say, wow. King Agrippa learned that God's enemies are no match for him. I mean, jeepers, creepers for, 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 for you know, King Agrippa. <laughs> really? Yeah. I like to say that he was bored to death. There's only one, one word for all those who determine to silence God's people. Only one word. It's called incoming. Say it out loud. What? Incoming. Here's what Psalm 7 says. It says it best. Psalm 7, verse 10. Read it with me. God is my shield, saving those whose hearts are true and right. God is an honest judge. He's angry with the wicked every day. If a person does not repent, God will sharpen his sword. He will bend and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons and shoot his flaming arrows. If God be for you, who can be against you? That's a good place to look at your neighbor and smile, man. Wow! Wow! Jesus makes his church this. Everybody said out loud. Herod was Herod Agrippa was pursuing Peter. He was ready to silence the church. He was ready to take it out. He picked the wrong fight. Here he thought he was fighting Peter. Here Herod thought he was fighting the church. But he was really fighting God. And God He holds no punches. He pulls no punches. He let Herod Agrippa have it. Well, we know that our enemy Satan doesn't give up easily. Right? We know that. If he can't stop us by silencing the messengers, you know, Peter, James, if Satan can't you know, stop us by stopping and silencing the messengers, he tries another strategy. And that is to discourage the hearer. Everybody say what? Discourage the hearer. So understand, every single one of us is anointed, commissioned by the Lord Jesus to share his gospel, right? Every single one of us has God's word that we can carry and share. Our personal testimony of God's own work in our lives. We all have that. Alright, so Satan will do everything he can to try to silence you. To try to keep you behind bars. Right? But eventually, and hopefully, you realize, hey, hey, Satan doesn't, he can't do that. No matter what Satan tries to do to silence you, God wants to break you out of that prison. He wants your voice to be heard. He wants your message to be declared. Can you say amen? So, Satan knows at one point you get too fired up, too passionate, 
to stop you. He can't stop the messenger. Maybe at first you felt shy. Maybe at first you felt you know, inadequate. Maybe at first you felt like you couldn't do it. But then after a while, as you keep coming to church, right? As you keep hearing God's Word, you become a little bit more bold, a little bit more uh, educated, a little bit more knowledgeable, a little bit more full of God's Spirit. And then you start to share. So Satan realizes, mm, I can't silence them. God has broken them out of the prison. They're free and they're sharing the gospel. Isn't that exciting? So at this point, he says, well, here's what I can't do. If I can't silence them, I am going to try to discourage the hearers. All right, that's his next option. Chapter 13 sheds some light here in the book of Acts, sheds some light over uh, about this. See, over at the church in Antioch, Syria, Barnabas and Saul had been teaching and coaching believers to be like Christ. We learned that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Gentile church, I mean, blossomed in this place called Antioch in Syria. And Barnabas, who was uh, in Jerusalem, you know, went out to check it out and began to teach them. He realizes the church was growing there with Gentiles. He needed more help. He went to get the uh, Saul of Tarsus, and he, um, who was not far away, and he brought him to help him. And together they started coaching and teaching the people how to be more like Christ. And, and, and they were really impacting the community there in, in Antioch. There was a revival, an awakening. In fact, let's give those guys a cheer. I mean, yeah, they're doing God's work. Well, the Holy Spirit moved the leaders of the church in Antioch to send Barnabas and Saul out as missionaries. So as Barnabas and Saul were working at the church and people were growing in Christ, they were also developing and cultivating other leaders. And man, the church was doing awesome. But then the church said they're moved by the Spirit to send Barnabas and Saul out as missionaries to take the message and the ministry even farther than their city. Look at your neighbor and say, that's always a good idea. It's what God intended. It's what Jesus intended. Now, after being prayed for over, Barnabas and Saul purchased tickets to sail to the island of Cyprus. And so let's go ahead and take a look at that. And um, here's where it is. This is Antioch, Syria. Israel, okay, is right over here. And so the, the, the church of Antioch is really growing. Barnabas and uh, Saul are, are, are doing a wonderful job. But the church decides that they're going to send them out. They want this message and this ministry to go out further. And so Barnabas and Saul buy a ticket. They ask John Mark, the, the writer of the Gospel of Mark, before he wrote it, he's still a young man, to go with them. And they sell to the island of Cyprus. Everybody say it out loud. Where? The island of Cyprus. It's pretty cool. Now, Cyprus was a large island with at least 12 large towns that were heavily influenced by Roman Greco culture. Uh, you know, it was abounding. The, the whole island was abounding in politics and education, in athletics and philosophy.
This has been another edition of The Simple Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Jesus changed history, and when he changed history, he changed the world. Throughout the book of Acts, we get a glimpse into the early church and just how much Jesus' life impacted those around him. Jesus showed humankind not only how to live and love, but how to spread the love of the Father to the world. Here at The Simple Truth, we pray that you learn to live and love just as Jesus did. And once you do that, we pray that you share his love with the world, just as the disciples did. We're so glad that you tuned in today for Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Acts. We'd like to encourage you to spend even more time studying the Word, learning about Jesus' life in the New Testament books. And we'd love to pray for you during this season as well. So please let us know how we can specifically be lifting you up to the Lord. Give us a call at 505-753-4363. That's 505-753-4363. Do you live in the Española area? If so, come visit us at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel on Sundays and Wednesdays for a time of worship, Bible study, and fellowship. Find out more and get directions to the church by visiting tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, we invite you to join us virtually through Facebook, where we live stream all of our services. Just follow the link to Facebook that you'll find at tmcalvary.com. Thanks for tuning in today, and be sure to join us again next time, right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we claim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands, and together we stand. Together we stand.